everybody. Welcome back to Sales is King. This is Dan Sixsmith. Glad to be with you. We're continuing to crank out the episodes and we're super excited to have you with us today. Um, thanks for joining. You know, um, we really appreciate all the listeners, um, folks that come in and comment and um, drop me an email. Tell me how you like the show. Tell me what's missing. Tell me... Um, Ask me questions, whatever you need, dan.sixsmith at gmail.com. And today we're going to continue to talk about how we sell into the C-suite. How do we close the C-suite? And I wrote recently a blog post. If you go to LinkedIn to my profile, Dan Sixsmith, we've got a weekly newsletter slash blog called Value Stories. And last week, we posted a fairly lengthy blog, which I'm going to go through today, um, give you a little summary of, um, talking about how do we sell to the top? How do we close the C-suite? And I put 10 secrets down um, for all of us to think about because the reality is, is that since the pandemic, senior leaders are way more active in the buying process than ever before. They're also way more active in the selling process than ever before. So you're going to see them out on the playing field, and you've got to be ready. And in the post, we go through a number of key kind of thoughts around how do we effectively manage conversations and opportunities that have the C-suite involved, the senior executives. And I'm going to go through them for you um, today. And let's hit it. Number one is research and personalization. And you've heard me say this likely, you know, if there's 150 episodes, probably 148 times. Um, it is so important today. It is such a foundational component of value selling um, and the way buyers want to buy today, personalization and research. So if you know that a senior executive is coming into a call, just like any other buyer, You've got to do the homework. You've got to do the research. You've got to know what's important to this individual through all the normal channels that we typically go, right? Social media, the 10K, all that good stuff. Um, the website, articles, um, publications, anything that's important to them. Twitter, right? Um, LinkedIn for sure. And research, right? And personalization, so we have to be able to understand what's important to them, um, do the proper discovery, ask the right questions, and be able to connect with the senior stakeholder. Number two, and again, a lot of these are, you know, ones that we do in normal kind of value selling, but this is going to be a little bit more enhanced because we've got a senior exec uh, involved. But number two is identifying key challenges. And we do that by asking what uh, my buddy James Muir calls facilitative questions, right? Questions that get the exec to cognate a bit, to think about some things. They're high-value questions that usually they don't know the answer to, and it gets them thinking. It's a key step, in my opinion, in what we like to call setting the buying vision or the buying agenda. Right, and this is something we haven't heard um, too much, um, it, you know, going back a ways 
uh, we heard a lot about setting the buying agenda. And it's so critical in any of your deals to be able to set that buying agenda, um, set the buying vision, ask questions that are really going to get the CEO, the CFO, the CMO, who's ever on that call, get them thinking. Facilitative questions is number two. Number three is not only quantifying value, but co-creating value. So what does that mean? Um, that means that certainly showing the cost of doing nothing, the value of the benefits, right? The value in the, of the investment and the return on investment is going to be important for sure. But how do we work together to co-create value? How do we collaborate and work with the senior executive to start to outline uh, a joint path forward where we both come together and create the value, right? If we identify the key challenges, if we ask the facilitative questions and we start to co-create together a solution, you've got a much greater chance of this deal closing. And I listed an article by David Irwin <clears throat> that talks about um, this co-creating of value, which you should check out. Go to the article, um, Value Story Number 9. Next, tell a compelling story. Again, if, if we've done 150 episodes, we talked about this probably 75 times. Telling a compelling story. People learn by stories. People are engaged with stories. You connect emotionally with buyers when you tell a story. Um, you know, it's as simple as that. Um, they want they don't want facts. You know, yes, they want facts, of course, but you've got to also tell a story, something that's going to um, make them remember you and differentiate you. Um, real world examples, success stories, case studies, um, a personal story, um, something where potentially you were involved or one of your customers were involved. Um, but it's going to get them thinking. It's going to get them connecting emotionally. And we know that Decisions are not made just with rational numbers. They're also made very emotionally. Um, so telling a compelling story is definitely foundational if you're going to be involved with a C-suite executive. Next, engage in conversations, not presentations. Engage in conversations, not presentations. And, you know, let's think about this, right? Um, you want to have a conversation. You don't want to go up and flip open a pitch deck, um, let alone a one-size-fits-all deck, right, where you're just going through the, the standard blather that, you know, is going to have people checking out. You've got to get the, the, the executive talking. Again, the facilitative questions will get them talking. You ask deeper follow-up questions, and you have a very meaningful and engaging two-way conversation. Excellent. Next, and very importantly, addressing risk and compliance. Let's face it, that one word, risk, is going to make or break your deal. I'm telling you right now, that one word, risk, is going to make or break your deal. Buyers are risk averse. It's as simple as that. They don't want to make a bad decision. They don't want to lose their job, and they want to make sure they've dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's. And if you show them 
that there is more risk in what they're doing today, you will get the deal. If you show them that there's more risk in doing what they're doing today, you will get the deal. Sure, there's risk to spend money with you, but there might be more risk for them to not spend money with you. So show them how your solution mitigates risk and ensures compliance of anything that's going to be important to them. You comply with their buying process. You comply with their key um, initiatives, right? So this is very, very important. Um, A CEO friend of mine the other day, we were talking, and he said, give me advice to help me make the right decisions and avoid landmines. People move away from pain before they move to a gain. So any conversation, and this doesn't mean you're going around, you know, uh, selling worry. Um, But at the end of the day, um, there is what we want to call, you know, sowing the seeds of concern about the status quo. It's us against the status quo. Someone's going to win. And if you don't win the deal, the status quo kicked your backside. It's as simple as that. So figure out how to beat the status quo. Figure out how to turn risk around, turn the tables of risk around back on the buyer. And no one will understand that more than a CEO or a C-suite executive because they make dozens of decisions on a daily basis and they contemplate this notion of risk. Risk is the biggest determinant of deals, risk and trust um, of, of successful sellers. And how about that? That gets us to the next point. Build trust and relationships. Build trust and relationships. Trust takes time, but sometimes we don't have enough time. So we've got to get out there and we've got to be able to differentiate and be able to get a C-suite executive to trust us, right? To be able to want to work with us, to want to listen to us. Just turn up my headphones a little bit here. Great. Okay. Um, We want them to listen to us. We want them to trust us, right? So how do we do that? How do we build trust in 30 minutes? Um, And again, as we said in some of the other earlier episodes, you know, trust is the number one uh, determinant, right? Um, In terms of why deals are lost. If the buyer doesn't trust you, you lose the deal. So having a connection, right? Um, telling a story, all the things we talked about, doing the research, differentiating, coming in and beginning to develop a relationship with that executive is going to be key. You also deliver trust with subject matter expertise, right? Um, And confidence in showing the buyer that you have done this before. Right. And, you know, and you're teaching them new things. Everything I read today is about buyers want to know new things. They want you to teach them something they don't know because they're doing research. Seventy two percent of buyers want a sales rep less experience. They don't even want to talk to you. They don't want to talk to us. Right. So 
How do we build enough trust? How do we teach them something that's not on the website, that's not in the handouts, that's not in the research that they're doing? That's going to start to build trust. Next, we need to provide a clear path to implementation and a path that seems relatively easy to achieve. Um, more and more buyers, including the C-suite, want to know what it looks like on the other side of implementation. What is it going to be like? Who are the people? How many weeks does it take? How many people on my side do, do I need? Um, you know, how much cost is there going to be on my end, uh, you know, to get this solution implemented? So we need to show a clear roadmap and your commitment to their success. Um, and again, sometimes this is treated lightly by the seller, uh, but you have to show them a picture of the future, right? How exactly you will get them there is going to be super important to the senior leader. So think about this whole clear path to implementation. It's super important and you have to be prepared for it. Next is mindset. You know, many sellers sometimes get intimidated um, going into a conversation where a C-suite executive um, is going to be on. And, you know, the reality is, and I go back to that episode with James Muir where he came on and we had a great conversation. But, you know, he talks about that, you know, number one, just realize they're just human beings just like us, right? Um, when you get them one-on-one, -on -one, they're going to talk to you about family issues and challenges, um, just like everybody else, right? So they're no different than us. Um, they're just human beings. They have similar challenges, similar problems, and we need to put them on the same level. You know, they're not better than us. Um, and, you know, we could be very, very valuable to them if we are able to help them. So go into the call with the challenge of being able to help this senior executive, make a new contact, make a friend potentially, um, and be able to develop a great account going forward. So that mindset is super critical. Confidence, um, you know, projecting subject matter expertise and projecting, you know, peer-to-peer -peer, um, versus, you know, lowly salesperson to, you know, the king uh, senior executive, right? That's going to be super important is that mindset. Next, I know I told you we got a lot here. It's, it's a juicy article um, that we put together. And give it a read if you have a chance. But next, engage with ideas and insights. Okay, so you taught them something new. Maybe you told them something about the industry um, that they didn't know, about their competitors that they didn't know. Now you've got to come up with some ideas and some insights right? Um, you got to be thinking about things in the same way that these sales leaders um, are thinking, right? And in the interview, uh, James Muir said, you know, it may even require that you learn some new terminology that you didn't know before. C-suite execs have their own language for talking about things, right? Um, so if you don't know what EBITDA is, Find out what EBITDA is, or EPS, or GAAP, <coughs> excuse me, or what a 10K is, 
right? That's the language they use. So if you want to have rapport with them, right? If you want to at least be able to, to you know, go toe to toe, you need to understand their language and some of their terminology. Just grabbing a little water here as we go through. Um, you know, so I like this a lot. I think this is really, really important. Um, so then, you know, okay, so then what do CEOs truly care about? And we talked about this. <coughs> so sorry. We talked about this in the last um, episode, right? And there are those 10 items from uh, Gartner that came out, growth, technology, and workforce being key. Also, environment, products, and services, and sales are very important. So the number one thing we can do is really to provide insight, teach them something new, share with them something they don't know, right? Um, study their industry, get them access to new data. Super, super important. But even more important is that this data, these insights, they need to be actionable, right? It, it needs to be something they can do something about. Um, and as Muir said, which I love, if it's death and taxes, there's nothing they can do. Don't share it. What's the point, right? It needs to be actionable, something they can do something with. Um, something that they're going to get mileage out of, right? Um, you know, they don't want you learning on their time, which is another great quote um, from the... Right, they don't want you learning um, on their dime, uh, which I think is which I think is great. So get them access to new data. Um, you know, um, really be bringing those insights is, is, is super, super important teaching them these different things, bringing this unexpected value, which is which is really great, right? Imagine being on a call, um, you know, and you're talking to somebody and they just, it's such a great call, it's unexpected and it goes much better than they thought. And you bring this un unexpected value and it's a differentiator um, and likely it's gonna get you the deal. So, you know, this whole thing about insights is super important. Um, and you've got to come up with something. So really work hard to prep with the team for these meetings. Okay, we're moving through here. Uh, a few more left. Next, don't pull any punches. Don't pull any punches. Candor reigns supreme. Bottom line, right? Not a lot of window dressing. Get to the point. The C-suite buyer will appreciate your candor. Um, they're usually making high stakes decisions that have significant impact on their organization. So they appreciate the sellers that can cut through the BS, offer candid insights and get right into the value proposition. If you remember um, way back in the early episodes, we, we did a lot of work with the objective management group and one of the key traits of, and they survey, you know, millions of sellers and they come up with, you know, the key traits and statistics. But one of the key traits of the elite sellers is they get right down to business. Yes, of course, there'll be some pleasantries, but you've got to get down to brass tacks. Don't pull any punches. If you think that a company is doing something detrimental or that they may be in jeopardy, 
in the near term, tell them. They love the candid conversation. It also builds credibility. Um, it demonstrates your own subject matter expertise. And I think the candid comments will set the foundation uh, for a collaborative relationship. And again, this whole notion of co-creating value, both parties working together to find solutions, right, that align with the buyer's strategic goals. This is co-creating value. This is setting the buying agenda. This is differentiating from the competition. And this is being candid and transparent and ultimately paving the way for mutually beneficial outcomes. Love it. Next, be prescriptive, right? Um, offer a recommendation, guidance. Um, here's the thing, you know, and um, we've got a new article coming out uh, this week, but it's like, you know, we've got to take control of these conversations at a certain point. Um, you know, uh, yes, the buyers are in control in terms of, and we'll get into this in, in other episodes, but, you know, basically what we've got to do is we've got to start prescribing. We've got to start recommending. Um, and that's going to be done um, a lot easier, right, when we are working jointly and collaboratively, when we've got the trust of the buyer, when we've got the credibility that we've demonstrated, which is going to be very, very important. And that's the point where we start to take greater control of the deal in terms of um, making a recommendation, right? Making a prescription. Um, you know, imagine a doctor um, doing a diagnosis, right? And then saying, okay, what do you want to do as next steps? Um, no, right? He's the expert. You know, you want him to tell you what you should do next. And that's where we have to take a little more control um, of running the ball down the field. And we'll talk about this in some future episodes. But, you know, being prescriptive is going to be super important here um, in selling to, um, you know, the C-suite. <clears throat> being prescriptive really in both a thoughtful and a value-driven manner is going to give the buyers confidence. And ultimately, that's what we're selling you know, we're selling confidence, we're selling change, um, we're making the buyer more receptive to making decisions, you know, that are going to drive success really for both you, your organization, them and their organization. And then last but not least, folks, is <clears throat> leverage social channels. Um, there's research from IDC that says that 75% of B2B buyers and a whopping 84% of C-level or VP-level executives use social media to make purchasing decisions. So think about this. You know, there's so much here. There's really a whole episode here. But the reality is, is, you know, your social profile needs to be top-notch. You've got to have great content there. You've got to share articles. You've got to do original content videos. Um, podcasts, blogs, you know, you've got to be seen as a subject matter expert, but you've got to also canvas, you know, social media 
for what these sellers are talking about, right? Um, for what's important to them. And they're going to be looking for you. And, you know, you need to stand out and differentiate um, on social. So, wow, I'm running out of voice here. There's so much here, but this was really a good one. Um, <clears throat> let's think about these things, right? Because this is going to happen more and more. Um, and you really need this playbook um, as you think about going out there. And I'm going to go through them just one more time before we sign off. Number one, research and personalization. Number two, identifying key challenges. Number three, not only quantifying value, but co-creating value. Number four, telling a compelling story. Number five, engage in conversations, not presentations. Number six, address risk and compliance. Seven, build trust and relationships. Eight, <coughs> sorry guys, provide a clear path to implementation. Nine, develop and deploy a winning mindset. Ten, engage with ideas and insights. Eleven, don't pull any punches. Twelve, be prescriptive. And thirteen, leverage social channels. All right, folks, great to see you again. Have a great week. Do well. Kick some butt. See you soon. Peace.